Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. What's going on, everybody? Another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast, the final Craft Beer Cast of 2018, the New Year's Eve Eve edition. Yes, that's right. I stole a little of Frank Morano's thunder here on AM 970. The answer, we have got a really good show for you tonight to wrap up 2018. The usual uh, news and notes, a very short first segment here because we've got a long interview that I'm going to replay coming up in our second segment of the program. Follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert, G at NYC Radio.com, and don't forget iTunes, Google Play, just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms and on your Alexa-ready device as well. Just say, Alexa, uh, I want to hear the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can listen to the show right from there. So coming up uh, uh, after this break, and this is a short break, folks, I'm going to replay an interview from back in May with Josh Knoll from the Chicago Tribune. He wrote a great book uh, called Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. It's a book about Goose Island, Anheuser-Busch, and craft beer. It's a wonderful interview I want to replay. It's a long one. It's about 16 minutes long, but it really is a great book if you're a uh, interview if you're a beer lover uh, or interested in small business. This is the book to read. This is the interview to listen to, a replay of that interview coming up in just a couple of minutes. Some quick beer news to get to. Uh, Deschutes Brewery, uh, about a week or so ago, laid off 10% of its workforce, uh, saying that the business hasn't met expectations over the past two years. The precise number of workers affected not known. The cuts come after the 30-year-old Ben Brewery pulled back on plans to build a brewing facility in Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, Michael Lalonde, Deschutes Brewery CEO and president, said we made the hard decision to reduce staff across sales, marketing, and operations by 10% to match our sales volume. Uh, so this is interesting. They are ranked the 10th in craft brewing, 20th in overall beer sales volume. And according to the Brewers Association, uh, Deschutes brewed nearly 400,000 barrels uh, in 2017. So this is interesting. Again, uh, we're seeing this sort of trend uh, that is happening here uh, with different breweries and bigger ones, it seems, are taking the brunt of it when it comes to cuts. So we will see what happens here. And then another piece of news that came out about a week ago, uh, the Brewers Association uh, revised its craft brewer definition. The changes to the definition uh, are already under effect. It impacts the way the trade group reports its 2018 craft beer production figures. Uh, Marks the fourth time the organization has altered the criteria uh, since 2007. Uh, Under the previous definition, a craft brewer was defined as small by producing fewer than 6 million barrels. Uh, They were independent, less than 25% owned by a non-craft brewery, and traditional uh, majority of its total volume must be derived from traditional or innovative brewing ingredients. Moving forward, uh, BA-defined craft beers will no longer need to derive a majority of their volumes from beer. In addition to meeting the small and independent pillars of the organization's definition, a BA-defined craft brewer must possess a brewer's notice from the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau Bureau, and make beer. Uh, the, the new definition enables companies that primarily engage in the act of cider making, wine making, and hard seltzer production, but also hold TTB's brewer's notices and brew small amounts of beer to be counted in the BA's annual craft brewer data set. So this is interesting. So I guess um, if you are, um, you're making hard seltzer, but you brew a little bit of beer, or you're making cider, but you brew a little bit of beer, you'll be included in the report. It'll be interesting to see what comes of this. Uh, as we move forward, um, you know, again, they're changing it with the with the sign of the times. The most important thing I think here is is the fact that brewers remain independent. They're not looking for breweries that are, you know, selling out to to bigger companies uh, and and you know still saying that they are a quote unquote craft brewer. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out, and we will of course explore this. Uh, in the uh, weeks and months to come. When we come back, though, after a short break, Josh Knoll from the Chicago Tribune wrote this great book back in June. It's called Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. If you haven't gotten it yet, 
this is a great after Christmas gift to give somebody. The winter months are coming. Maybe you want to pop open a stout and kind of sit back on a roaring fire and uh, drink a beer and read a great book. This is the book to get. We're going to replay that interview coming up after this. And then my list of the 10 best beers that I drank in 2018, as well as our final suds and duds uh, for 2018. It's the New Year's Eve Eve edition of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. The staff at AM 970 The Answer would like to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and the happiest of New Year's. Hey there, this is Chris Soriano, Promotions and Events Supervisor here at Salem Media of New York, wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and a healthy New Year. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From AM 970 The Answer. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight. Tune in every Saturday at noon for Healthline with Dr. Bob Marshall, Ph.D., and get answers to all your health-related questions. That's Healthline with Dr. Bob Marshall, Ph.D., Saturdays at noon on AM 970, The Answer. Everybody's making money at it except you. You're losing holiday business to your online competitors. Talk to us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your online marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales coming out of this season. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround, increasing sales dramatically. Learn more by logging on to surroundnewyork.com. That's surroundnewyork.com. As smart as our pets might be, they can't advocate for themselves. That's why it's important your pet is part of your family's disaster preparedness plan. Talk to your veterinarian and visit banfieldfoundation.org disaster. Stop chasing customers and let them chase you. Salem Surround offers full-service digital solutions. We'll help target the exact demographic you want in the exact area you want. Perfect for increasing awareness, a big sale, or rolling out a new product. If you need more business, you need Salem Surround. Call now for a free digital marketing checkup. Call our general sales manager, Laura Schaefer, at 212-857-9639. That's 212-857-9639. Salem Surround. Digital solutions. Real results. Call 212-857-9639. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Dennis Prager here inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour. A tour through the land of Israel in December 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Walk the ancient temple steps, sail on the Sea of Galilee, and so many more unforgettable moments. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity. With expert guides and important lectures at key sites, we'll be together in the coming Comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations the whole time. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. For more information and to register for this trip, go to am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. It's Dennis Prager at 1, Michael Medved at 3, weekdays on AM970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Graph Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer on this Memorial Day weekend. Follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T U L O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. And don't forget Google Play and iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast and you can download and listen to all the Craft Beer Casts right from there. I know I need sleep at some point because I almost misspelled my own last name, which would have been hysterical, but that's what happens when you wake up so early in the morning and have to do uh, a million different things working on a radio show. But my guest on the cast tonight, he is a writer of beer, food, and travel for the Chicago Tribune. He's also the author of a new book that's coming out June 1st, and it's called Barrel Aged, Stout, and Selling Out, Goose Island, Anheuser-Busch, and How Craft Beer Became Big Business. A fascinating book. Found him on Twitter. Uh, We had a little uh, back and forth on Twitter and then an email discussion, and now... 
for the first time. He's on the show here. Follow him on Twitter at HopNotes. JoshNoel.net is his website for the latest uh, from Josh, as well as uh, where to order the book, Amazon, and all those other good places. But let me welcome in Josh Noel to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Josh, welcome. Thanks, Al. Glad to be here. Thank you. Now, Josh, before we get into the book, in your opinion, uh, what is the best thing about craft beer in the United States right now? Ooh, the best thing about craft beer, uh, probably the the intersection of the diversity. There's just there's so much stuff out there, mm-hmm. uh, and the quality. There's so much good stuff out there. Right. You know, with all the all the breweries, you know, there's more than six thousand of them now. Right. Uh, you know, some are not going to be as quite as dialed in as others, but mm-hmm. uh, the ones at the at the top of their game, and they're all over the place. Uh, there are just so many breweries making so much good beer and so many different kinds of beer right now. There's just you can't contrast that to the late '70s, early '80s when we were basically a nation of Bud Miller Schlitz, uh, and now it's just just whatever you want. It's it's out there and and and. and the odds that it's going to be good is uh, are good. Yeah, it's almost like a kid in a candy store. You don't know what to get. Do I go with the Snickers, the Milky Way? Maybe, uh, maybe I'm in the mood for M and M's. That's what's that's what's really cool about the beer scene right now. I wholeheartedly agree. Now, Josh Goose Island was the first to be acquired by AB InBev. People still, of course, rave about the Bourbon Barrel Stout. I mean, I do. You know, listen, when it comes out, I try to get it. I know these people go crazy, um, you know, trying to get it. And then there are other people, of course. Uh, that love craft beer so much and independent craft beer that rail against ever buying it again. You're a sellout if you buy it. In your opinion, why do you think that is? Uh, I think, it, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a tough question to answer mm-hmm. in a way because there's no one answer. A lot of right. it, craft beer is such, it's like, it's a consumer package good unlike any other. People don't feel passionate and intimate about the crackers they buy. You know, they don't feel that way about the milk they buy or the bread they buy. But something about this craft beer industry just uh, – it just sort of gets people in an intellectual place and in their heart in a, in a different kind of way. And people feel this, this intimacy and this allegiance with, with the companies and with the breweries. You know, they stand in line for the stuff. They spend right. – you know, some of it gets expensive. They, they invest some good money on the stuff. Uh, it just fires people up in a different way. And that, that's part of the genius of the industry and what's made it so strong is that people do identify with it so passionately. So when one of these companies sells to Big Beer, which is what you know, craft beer was basically a reaction to, right. again, those the Bud Miller Schlitz years, uh, you know, pe- people feel a sense of betrayal. And to, to someone who doesn't sort of care about beer or understand craft beer, you know, the idea of selling your, your craft brewery uh, being a betrayal to some people probably sounds nuts, but it's just again that's what makes the this landscape and the industry so special is that people do feel so strongly and so passionately about it. We're talking with Josh Knoll, a writer of beer, food, and travel for the Chicago Tribune. He's also the author of a new book coming out June first. I can't wait to get into this book: Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out Goose Island Anheuser Busch and how craft beer became big business. You can follow him on Twitter, at HopNotes. JoshNoel.net is the website for the book. You can order it there. You can go to Amazon.com and order it. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So as you mentioned on the website, JoshNoel.net, it took you six years to write this book. It it started by talking with the founder of Goose Island, John Hall, back in 2012. Now, why did it take so long for you to put put pen to paper, as they say? (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, writing a book is... It's a lot of work. Right. Uh, it's, it's a deep dive in a way that I'd never undertaken before. A newspaper article, you know, you, you can turn around in a few hours or a few weeks, but a book and trying to, you know, just make sense of your subject is just such a deep dive. And that's really what it it started with me calling the founder of Goose Island, who I already knew fairly well and had mm-hmm. written about for the Tribune a fair bit, and said, look, I think the Goose Island story could be a book. And this was after they had sold Anheuser-Busch and Beth. Right. Um, and for the first couple of years, uh, you know, I was sort of it was start and stop. It wasn't a, it wasn't steady work the whole time, uh, but it was just trying to even just figure out what the story was. I I did not know what the story was when I started, so I spent a couple of years just interviewing the founder over and over, talking to anyone I could, talking to his son who was brewmaster for twenty three years, just trying to wrap my brain around get all the information and then figure out, okay, what's my story? What's my narrative arc? Right. And then when I started, I didn't know if the end of the story was Goose Island selling to Anheuser-Busch. 
but it turned out that was the midway point because what happened after Goose Island sold Anheuser-Busch was really interesting right. is that Anheuser-Busch kept buying American craft breweries. So Goose Island was the first of 10. Yes. And, and as you say, every time, you know, one of these breweries sells, someone gets upset, someone says sell out, and it sort of opens this whole can of worms about and questions, you know, what does it mean to be an independent business? What does it mean to be a craft brewery? What does it mean to be acquired by a, you know, $250 billion company? Right. Uh, so, this, you know, those questions kept coming up over and over across these six years. And uh, so really part of the reason it took so long is that the story was just still unfolding. I, I didn't have an ending, I felt like, for several years. And right. then it started, fortunately, came into view, and, and, and I got it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously the, the beer business was continuing to evolve there once Goose Island was sold. And then another perfect example is Blue Point Brewing, which was also yeah. bought by AB InBev. And it's funny, the first show that I ever did uh, talking about beer, uh, I was a big fan of Blue Point Brewing. I actually interviewed uh, the the founder of Blue Point Brewing, uh, Mark Burford, and he told me, he he told me the reason why he sold to AB InBev. He said, I want to build a new facility. We're an indoor-outdoor operation. I could take a loan from the bank, but if something happens, now I have to put people out of work, and I didn't want that to happen. And he said to me, you know, at that point, this was two years ago, he said, no one from Anheuser-Busch has ever come to me and said, do this, do that, do this. The recipes are the same. The beer is still the same. We're just owned by a bigger company now. And let's face it, Josh, some of these people are in the, are in this business to make money. I mean, if you're that good and somebody wants you that badly and they wave a check in front of you, I, I mean, nine out of ten people are going to go, you know what, I'm going to take that check. That's worth it to me. I mean, I get some people are in this business because they think that it's a way to get, get rich quickly, which I disagree. Um, but, you know, for some people it's, hey, how can I turn down the offer? Yeah, it's you know it, it is it's sort of hard to begrudge someone who takes the risk and builds something and builds something good and then gets the opportunity to to you know <laughs> to sell it for anywhere from you know right whatever the price is I mean look at two hundred million dollars right um, look at so look yeah, at Ballast Point look at Ballast Point selling to Constellation dollars exactly right yeah. and and it's interesting that I mentioned Ballast Point Ballast Point has just opened in Chicago. Uh, they yeah. opened a tap room there, and what's interesting, you had mentioned it, I believe, in in, in a piece that you had tweeted uh, the other day, talking about how they're not going to be brewing that much beer there, but it's just to get Ballast Point kind of back on the map because, let's face it, Ballast Point's price point was ve- is very expensive. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. people who aren't going to plunk down 15 to $17 for a six-pack of beer, especially if they know that it's being made by a big beer company. Um, you know, they'd, they'd rather go with the $10 six-pack. So I guess this is a way to reintroduce it to the Chicago audience, right? It is, yeah. And, and nationally, they, they, they see the ballast point. You know, Chicago is very centrally located. We get a ton of tourism. Right. Um, and the, they put the pub in a very hip part of town where people, are, you know, uh, go out on Friday, Saturday night mm-hmm. to eat and drink. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're, they're hoping to capture uh, a, a lot of new audience uh, with with that pub, and then the you know the big uh, the most important thing is is the beer that people buy when they're in the grocery store. You're standing there looking at all those six packs, and the idea is that oh, I, was, I went to this Ballast Point pub and had a really good experience there. You know what? I think I'll buy a six pack of right. the, uh, maybe a couple six packs. Uh, one of the, and they they did break out the nine ninety nine six pack because you're right. Initially, they were operating this ridiculously high price point, and they seemed to think they could live there forever. They couldn't, so now they've got a line of beers uh, in the nine ninety nine range and the more expensive beers too. So yeah, the pub is a way to sort of introduce people to the brand and then hope that people follow through on the brand. Um, and can I follow up on one thing we sure, talked about sure. before too? Absolutely. So we, so we talked about how it's kind of hard to begrudge someone who does sell, you know, for a lot of money. But I, there are also, and I get into this in the book, there are also companies that had offers from Anheuser Busch in hand and d- decided not to take them and mm-hmm. took less money from other companies. Uh, because they just weren't comfortable with the idea. And I, there's one brewery, it's not in the book, but Sun King Brewing in Indianapolis, their founder told me that he had an offer from a big beer company, and he just decided he didn't want to sell. That he, I mean, there's probably bunches of breweries out there who've had offers and decided not to take them. Right. So, you know, some pe- it, taking, the, uh, taking the money from big beer works for some companies. It did for Blue Point in your neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did for Goose Island over here. 
uh, and others just choose not to go that way. And, you know, there's a variety of reasons on both sides, why they do it, why they don't do it. It's just it's never simple, but it's, you know, it's always interesting. Yeah, and, and you know, and I get it. We're talking with Josh Knoll. He's a writer of Beer, Food, and Travel for the Chicago Tribune, but he's the author of a new book. It's coming out June 1st, Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out, Goose Island, Anheuser-Busch, and How Craft Beer Became Big Business. Yes, it's a mouthful, but it is a great book. You can follow him on Twitter, at HopNotes. JoshKnoll.net is the website for the book, and it's also links there, uh, Amazon, etc., where you can order the book. We're here on the Algatillo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And, you know, that that's funny that that you mentioned that, uh, Josh. It's it's just, to me, like, people get offended, to, at, at least to me, they get go to my face. How could you drink a Blue Point beer? They sold out to AB InBev, and I said... But their beer hasn't changed. It tastes exactly the same. I get it. I'm I'm supporting corporate America. But I still go to my lo- – I have a local brewery that's five minutes from my house in New Jersey, wet ticket brewing that I go there all the time, and I'm drinking the beer, and it's great beer. I want to be able to spread the wealth around a little bit and be able to support these people. I don't like being made out to be a pariah just because I'm trying something that uh, three years ago was was independently owned, and now it's corporately owned. I, I I've, I've never bought that argument I, I get why people get annoyed by that, but I just I don't I don't buy that argument at all, you know. Yeah, no, I, I do, and my my attitude is always that people should drink what they want to drink. Right. My concern is um, uh, transparency with the customer. I mean, if you look at a Blue Point beer, there's really nothing on that can or bottle that's going to tell someone. I mean, you you know what's what, right? You know? And the, but a, a the, lot the of, average of consumer, consumer doesn't, right? Exactly. They, right. The average consumer would never know that the Blue Point beer in their hand is actually made by Anheuser-Busch in the same tanks as Butter Bud Light. And that's not true of all Blue Point beers, right. but for some, it is. Yeah, that's true. And so if there's, you know, that, that's where sort of I think some legitimate concerns are raised is, are these big beer companies being honest with the consumer? Are they being transparent with the consumer? Uh, you know, if they are and the consumer knows what's what, and then the consumer like you decides, well, this is what I want to drink. Then, you know, God bless them. Who can, you know, everyone's free to do what they want. Um, but, you know, I think the, the argument that, that big beer is, is not be playing it completely straight with the consumer after making some of these deals, uh, I think that there's some fairness in that. And I, and I, I dig into that pretty deeply in the book. Uh, and and the book is is great. Barrel aged stout and selling out Goose Island Anheuser Busch and how craft beer became big business. Josh Knoll, he's a writer of beer, food, and travel for the Chicago Tribune. Is our guest here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer joshknoll.net. Go right to the website. You can order the book from there. Last question for me, Josh. The Chicago beer scene, in my opinion. Uh, seems to be a bit underserved around the country. We don't hear enough about it. We hear a lot about San Diego beer, a lot about Vermont beer, uh, San Francisco. We hear a lot of these different places in the country, but there is a, a lot of good beer that's coming out of Chicago. Revolution Brewing springs to mind. Uh, they make some great beer, and their distribution footprint is not that big uh, in the nation right now, but they've they got this deal with the Chicago White Sox that they're doing and uh, a couple of different things. What are some others that jump out at you that people should check out when they're in the Windy City? God, there's so many. So we actually have the uh, the fifth most breweries of any city in the nation. So yeah, the the senior is is huge. But I think a lot of it, as you point out, is that a lot of them don't have distribution too far beyond Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Revolution's sort of the big daddy that's sort of doing battle with Goose locally, and they're definitely worth checking out. Half Acre is beloved by right. uh, by locals. Um, Maplewood is one that's sort of uh, on on the grow and doing some really good work. Okay. Off Color doesn't make an IPA. They're, they sort of do these kind of weird, arcane European styles, but they do them so well. They're just – and it's such a, a talented brewery. Um, boy, there's just uh, – oh, Metropolitan, they, all, they do sort of classic – uh, German styles, and they do them just so well. Okay. Uh, and and the other thing, if anyone's in Chicago uh, and wants some good beer experiences, tap rooms have been opening at a really rapid clip here. So there's just, in addition to lots of great beer to drink, there are lots of great places to drink them. Nice. Um, so yeah, Google uh, Google Chicago tap rooms and maybe my name, and you'll see all the stories I've written about. Them. There's been uh, been a ton recently, and it's. It's a great place to drink beer these days. Very cool. Me and my boys want to take a road trip to Chicago one of these days, so we'll definitely have to check it out. And when we're out there, 
Uh, the first two beers are on me, my friend. My guest has been Josh Knoll. He's a writer of beer, food, and travel for the Chicago Tribune. He's the author of a new book. It's coming out June 1st, Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out, Goose Island, Anheuser-Busch, and How Craft Beer Became Big Business. You can follow him on Twitter, at HopNotes, or go to joshnoll.net. That's the website for the book. You can order it right from there. Go right on to Amazon.com. I know we went a little long here, but it's the Memorial Day edition. You're having a barbecue right now. You're sitting back. Listen, this interview was well worth it. Josh, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciated. Yeah, enjoyed it. Thanks, Al. Anytime. Coming up next, the top 10 beers that I sampled in 2018. That's coming up next on the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's fair and 39 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. NYPD cops are searching for the thief who stole a wheelchair from a disabled teenager in Queens on Christmas night. Noam Layden has more. 18-year-old Michelle Molina, who suffers from Rett syndrome, relies on the custom-made $6,000 wheelchair to get around. Her sister says the person who stole it must have no heart. She doesn't understand why someone would take it if they don't need it, and knowing that it's for my sister. She says she just felt really overwhelmed. And she cried a lot because something that my sister depends on a lot. Michelle's mother had chained the chair as she did every night to a fence outside their Jackson Heights home. But when they woke up on December 26, the chair was gone. No one laden NBC News Radio, New York. Thank you, Noam. It won't be a cold New Year's Eve in Times Square, but it will be a wet one. All went well as organizers tested out the ball drop this afternoon ahead of tomorrow's big Times Square New Year's Eve celebration. Workers watched on as the ball went up and down a 130-foot pole twice. 32,000 LED lights lit up around the ball. The ball itself is made up of 2,600 Waterford crystals. Thousands are expected to jam Times Square. The forecast is calling for rain. Heavy at times, the NYPD is warning revelers that umbrellas are prohibited for those who plan to be in attendance at the ball drop at the crossroads of the world. In sports, well, the Giants lost, Jets lost. Uh, they'll all be off tomorrow. There is no um, NBA games also for tomorrow. Traffic delays remain at uh, minor delays at the inbound GWB on the upper deck. Just remember, lower-level Palisades approach to Easy Press customers only. We have a closure due to a crash at University Avenue southbound between West Burnside Avenue and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. West Side Highway southbound between Broadway and Fieldstone Road closed with another crash. Weather for tonight? Mostly clear, low around 38 degrees. Rain likely for New Year's Eve after 4 p.m. Increasing clouds, high near 48. You now know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno and Aim 970 The Answer. Balance of nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule. Oh, no colds, no flu, um, lots of energy, just overall well-being. It's just if I, if I stop taking it, I see the difference. You know, I would never stop with these. I you know, would keep them on hand always. Well, I got more energy for sure. I don't feel the same if I don't take this every day. I think it's improved my life greatly because I was feeling real sluggish before, sluggish and tired. I had like the brain fog. Uh, it's all gone now. You know, I've been taking this stuff, and I feel like I have the energy of an 18-year-old with the looks of a 30-year-old, and I'm 50. It's crazy. This stuff is crazy. I love it. For a limited time, use discount code THEANSWER. And we'll take 35% off your first preferred set of fruits and veggies and have them shipped to you free. Call 800-246-8751 or go online to balanceofnature.com and use discount code THEANSWER. Listen to us anywhere. TuneIn.com, iHeartRadio.com. Get the app at am97theanswer.com. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, follow me. It's easy on Twitter, at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, via email at albertg at nycradio.com, iTunes and Google Play, just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. We're Alexa ready, too. Just say to your Amazon-enabled device, Alexa, I want to hear the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast 
on AM 970, The Answer, and you will get to hear the show right from there. The Cure, Friday, I'm in love. Congratulations to The Cure on making it to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Def Leppard, a uh, bunch of other bands as well. Uh, still upset that Judas Priest is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but you know what? It's a political uh, kind of thing. You have to know somebody to get in and blah, 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 and so it's a bunch of nonsense, but uh, very happy for The Cure, one of my uh, an all-time favorite band for me. So this segment... Uh, before we get to Suds and Duds in our final segment of the program, the final one for 2018, as you're getting ready for your New Year's Eve festivities, maybe you're at Frank Morano's New Year's Eve Eve party uh, down in Atlantic City. I'm not there. I, I had to work today at the football game, had the Giants and Cowboys, but uh, got a chance to uh, run down the 10 best beers that I've tried in 2018. Now, These beers are in no particular order. I've tried a lot of beers in 2018. I wanted to run some of the best, in my opinion, that I've had. And again, they're in no particular order. I'm going to list them one through ten, but that's not the ranking uh, of how I feel uh, about these beers. Um, And a lot of them, interestingly enough, as I was going through them, um, many of them stouts and IPAs. But some other ones have snuck in there. So number one, speaking of beers that have snuck in, uh, the brewery, Tart of Darkness with Black Currants. This is a sour fruit ale at a 6.2% ABV. So I had this at my one of my favorite places to have beer, Paragon Tap and Table. And uh, the bartender, um, uh, Sherm, uh, comes over and says, you got to try this. It's amazing. It's great beer. Uh, Ernie and I, Ernie, who's the general manager there, we love it. Got to try it. We've been searching for this beer for years, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I try it. So Tart of Darkness, it's a sour stout that's aged in oak. So th- what's what's really wild about it is it pours as a stout. It's 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 dark, but it has this sourness to it that just makes it it just works. For some reason it shouldn't, but it does. And what they did was they they have put it in barrels for extens- extended aging. Um this was a a group of oak barrels that they used for Tart of Darkness. Uh, bourbon barrels from the brewery that previously held beer such as Black Tuesday. And so they aged this with black currants uh, and, as they say, imparting ripe, jammy notes to our awesomely dark and roasty sour stout. So, I mean, just it shouldn't work. It's sour. It's a stout. It shouldn't work. But for some reason, it did. And it was, again, in in my list of uh, 10 best beers uh, for 2018. Fantastic one. The next one up. Uh, is one from the Lost Abbey. These guys make great beer, uh, and this one is no exception. In fact, I ended up buying a bottle of this beer, and I think I still have another one at home that I'm letting age a little bit, but hopefully over the winter break uh, I'm going to get a chance to uh, to go through those because this is the right time of year to have it. But when I had this beer, it was in the summertime. So Serpent Stout by the Lost Abbey. Uh, this is an 11% ABV with a 55 IBU. It's, it is thick, oily, um, it's interesting because I did have it in the summertime. I mean, it was hot that day. And, in fact, I remember we all had small pours of it um, at, at the table outside. We were sitting there. I think my friend Anthony was in from uh, San Francisco. And nobody could finish it. And I ended up having two glasses of it because it's just that good. It's just a really big, boozy stout that is thick as molasses. I mean, it's the kind of stout that you'd really want to pour over uh, French toast or pancakes. It's delicious. It's a really good beer. If you can get it in, in, in the bottle... Absolutely get it. I would uh, age it for a little bit, but this is the type of beer. You crack it open, you get it up to about 50 degrees temperature, you crack it open, and then you let it sit for a while and let it warm up uh, You know, to, to the point where it's almost room temperature and start sipping it. You will not be disappointed with this one. Uh, the good folks from Bolero Snort, Scott and Bob are doing a fantastic job. They have, in the last six months, have put out excellent beers. But the one that stood out for me from Bolero was one hoof in front of the other. This was so good. It was juicy. Lots of different uh, fruit flavors to this. Orange, mango, peach. It just, it really was the best IPA that I had from them this year. And the funny part of it all is, is that Scott is not an IPA drinker. Doesn't like them, can't drink them. Uh, It's a whole issue with him. And yet, they consistently have put out great IPAs over the last six months. But this one, one hoof in front of the other, really stood out for me. So kudos, guys. Great job. Uh, was at the um, kickoff to New York City Beer Week back in February and finally got a chance to try Prison City's Mass Riot IPA. And you had to, 
You had to ask the guy because they had it in a crowler under the table and they weren't going to give it out to everybody. And when I asked them about it, uh, their stout that I had was excellent. But I finally got a chance to try this. And let me tell you something. As I said back uh, a number of months ago, and I'll say it again today, it's a 6.5% ABV. It's not a double. It's a single. But Mass Riot IPA is probably the best IPA that I've ever had, or at the very least this year. Because let me tell you something. It is everything you want out of an IPA without the, the, the flavors, uh, you know, really fighting with one another. They all complement one another. It's got that bitterness, that bite. There's no juiciness to it. It's what an IPA should be, and that's why Mass Riot IPA is one of the best IPAs that I had in 2018. As we continue on here on our segment of the 10 best beers that I've tried in 2018 on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer, Carton Brewing does a great job with a lot of their beers. This one, though, is one of those ones that, again, I really enjoy. It's not the best IPA that I've ever had, but it's certainly one that ranks in the top 10, and that's why it made the list. They're Super Ego, 13% ABV, 130 IBU. Think of the think of Dogfish Head's 120-minute IPA, and then Carton just kind of goes over the top with it. Uh, it's, it's just a lot of multiple hops, a lot of malt, a lot of yeast, really, really... Uh, you know, dank and deep. It's a really good beer. Um, I can't wait for them to to release it again because it's definitely one uh, that I would buy. But at thirteen percent, you have one. I mean, that's really that's really the limit. You try and hit two, boy, you're gonna be going you're gonna be going to bed pretty quickly. Let me tell you that. Um, Icarus Brewing. Icarus has done a nice job over the last year of putting out a lot of good beers, and they're uh, double dry hopped for the story. Ella. Is no exception. It's the one that I ranked uh, the highest on uh, on Untapped, and of course you can follow me on Untapped at Gatulo G A Double T U Double L O. This is a double IPA at an eight point two percent ABV. Uh, again, the um, they they uh, they dry hop it and then they double dry hop it again with uh, Australian hops. Very grapefruit, floral, earthy, uh, heavily oated, rich body. It's an excellent uh, IPA. Uh, it's it's got that juice. That, that you're looking for. And, you know, everybody talks about how Yachus is a great beer from Icarus. It is, but the double, uh, the DDH for the story, Ella, uh, definitely made it for me uh, from Icarus. Uh, Wet Ticket, I, I, you know, listen, what, could I, what good things can I say about Wet Ticket now? Their um, Imperial Oatmeal Stout that they've aged in bourbon barrels. They have their Imperial Oatmeal Stout on tap, but this is their one that they came out for their one-year anniversary last year. I ended up get, buying a couple of bottles of it. Uh, it's excellent. The 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 um, the bourbon really shines through in this, and it's not super heavy on the bourbon. But um, they came out with another version of it not too long after, and it's different. It's not the same. It doesn't have that that deep richness uh, of the bourbon that I got out of the first one. Maybe because it aged more. I don't know. Uh, whatever Tim did with the process, but their first bottle of Imperial Oatmeal uh, Stout aged in bourbon barrels, outstanding, and nine point two percent ABV. But really, as I've said it. And I've told other people this. I would rank it among one of the best bourbon barrel uh, stouts that I've had. And I'm talking, you know, the big companies, founders, uh, KBS and CBS, th- those guys. It's that good. The Lost Abbey, their uh, Imperial Stout, that good. Trust me, if you, ha- if you get a chance to get a bottle of this and you find it in the store or they have it at Wit Ticket, definitely pick it up. You will not be disappointed. Uh, the borough where I grew up in, in Staten Island, uh, is making some good beer. Killsborough is no exception. Gimme Gimme Pineapple Mango, a 6.4% ABV sour ale. Pineapple Mango, Vanilla Beans, Lactose. This is the beer that really turned me on to these guys, uh, and I'm really glad that I did because I'll tell you, they make some consistently great beer. Their IPAs are on point, but this sour really knocked it out of the park for me, and uh, kudos uh, to the guys at Killsborough. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Sean Torres and your group, you're doing great. Uh, can't wait to get back there again over at the Craft House and try some more of Killsborough beer. So kudos to Staten Island. You guys are putting out good beer. Another borough that's putting out great beer, Brooklyn. Make good decisions from Five Boroughs Brewing. An 8.5% um, ABV. It's a double dry hop, double IPA. It was brewed for their one-year anniversary. It was outstanding. I was so glad that I was able to get this because it was uh, it was the perfect concert beer for me uh, in the summertime. Excellent beer. Five Burrows is doing a great job. If you haven't been to the brewery in Sunset Park, I encourage you to get there. You definitely have to check it out. And then finally, number 10 on the 10 best beers that I've had in 2018, the Banana Chocolate Chip Pancake Silhouette uh, from Hudson Valley Brewery. A 5% EBV. It's a brunch-style sour IPA 
that was just unbelievable. It smelled wrong, but it tasted fantastic. I I could drink this beer all day long. It was so good. All the flavors hit just the right note, and it absolutely made the list of 10 best beers. In fact, I'm going to review it again on Suds and Duds coming up next on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Hey, you feel like Frank Morano had more to say this morning? Yeah, you're right. He did. Guess what? He kept right on saying it. The things he had to say were too controversial, too polarizing, maybe just too long-winded for him to say it on the radio. So he's recorded a special edition of the Morano Whenever podcast. Listen on am970theanswer.com or subscribe on iTunes. If you're a Morano-holic, you'll love Morano Whenever. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. If anyone doubts that he's going to go soft on the issue of immigration, they need to listen to his words and they need to look at his actions. If you come across our border without going through the process and then ask for asylum, you will be sent home. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka coming to this station January 1st, AM 970. The Answer. Brought to you in part by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law. Whether you need help drafting a will, trust, power of attorney, or health care proxy, their experienced team of attorneys have been helping clients plan their estates for over 30 years. I'm Joe Adams. I'm a pharmacist that knows the pain of losing their child to an opiate overdose. If you think it can't happen to your family, think again. To learn more, visit the National Association of Boards of Pharmacy at nabp.pharmacy. The staff at AM970 The Answer would like to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and the happiest of New Year's. Hi, this is Peter, the business manager at Salem Media of New York, wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. Hi, this is Yuri Sukhrukov, producer here at Salem, New York. I want to wish you all a happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and a happy New Year. From AM970 The Answer. AM 97, The Answer. Love Walks In from the 5150 album, the debut of Sammy Hagar in Van Halen. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast, the final segment on AM 970, the answer of 2018, our Suds and Duds segment. Follow me, it's very easy, on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at albertgnnycradio.com. And don't forget iTunes, Google Play, just do a search. For AG Craft Beer Cast, you can find all the shows on those two platforms. Alexa ready as well. Just say to your Amazon-enabled device, uh, Alexa, I almost said Amazon. Alexa, uh, I want to hear the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970, the answer. Sammy Hagar, you know, love him, hate him, I love him. Uh, A lot of fans did not like him in Van Halen when he took over for uh, David Lee Roth. But um, to me, the first three Van Van Halen albums with Sammy Hagar were tremendous. Uh, Fifty one fifty was great right out of the box. Uh, OU eight one two came out my senior year of high school, which I absolutely love, and it was a d- way different concept for Van Halen. A lot more keyboards. They did some blues, some funk. They really mixed it up. I thought they did a great job with that. I think that was the last album that Sammy actually played guitar on the album with Eddie Van Halen. People forget on fifty one fifty he's playing rhythm guitar uh, with Eddie, and again on OU eight one two, and then after that, I think Sammy put the guitar down pretty much. Uh, Eddie took over playing all the all of the uh, guitar parts, and I think they tracked uh, some stuff with Eddie uh, when it came to the rhythm stuff. But um, you know, Sammy pull out the guitar every once the Eagles uh, when uh, Eagles fly and all the, you know all that other stuff. But um, to me, those first two, and then 
uh, what was it for unlawful, un, unlawful, unlawful, easy for me to say, carnal knowledge was the third one. And I, those three are my, my favorite from the Sammy Hagar era. It was such great stuff on that. And let me tell you something. Sammy renewed the band, put an energy in the band that they didn't have, or they did have, but it was a different type of energy with David Lee Roth. Um, and again, I never got to see Van Halen in their prime with DLR. Got to see them later on when they re- reunited with David Lee Roth. I just felt like he lost it. I, I've always felt like Roth's singing voice is good, but it wasn't great. And a lot of it had to do electronically, the voice tracking and all this other stuff. And yes, I've heard isolated tracks of David Lee Roth singing Van Halen songs uh, without it. But without Michael Anthony and in, and Eddie Van Halen with the backing vocals, the, the band is not the band. You know, Michael Anthony, people forget, a major part of Van Halen who got unceremoniously dismissed from the band because he had a falling out with Eddie. Won't get into that. This is not a music program. It's a beer program. Uh, But um, Michael Anthony and his backing vocals make a big difference in the band uh, when you listen, both with David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. But anyway, let's get into our Suds and Duds segment, the final segment for 2018. Uh, Got some good things to look forward to in 2019. A lot of good stuff, uh, you know, beer-wise, and hopefully the show will be on the road again. Uh, doing a few different things. In fact, I only think we went on the road once this year. I don't even, was it once this year? Maybe, I don't even think we went on the road this year. But, uh, you know, that was a while ago. But anyway, coming up in 2019, we're going to be doing some more stuff with the beer show. But uh, Haymaker Bar and Kitchen, I mentioned it in the segment before uh, because of one of the top 10 beers that I had in 2018. Um, this is a place right by Madison Square Garden. If you're going to a show at Madison Square Garden and you're looking for a great craft beer bar, and there are a number in the area, uh, Haymaker Bar and Kitchen was suggested to me by a number of people. Uh, I finally got a chance to go there a few weeks ago. Arthur Idala had his uh, Christmas party, invited us. I was early. So the place that I was going to was on 30th Street. This place, the Haymaker, is on 29th. I said, let me stop in, see how this is, uh, maybe have a beer or two. And boy, let me tell you something. First off, the beer menu alone is phenomenal. I, I, I can't tell you how many great uh, beers are on the menu. New York, New Jersey, nationwide. But... Uh, you can get them in different pours, 8-ounce, 12-ounce, 16-ounce, which is nice. I did mostly 8-ounce pours. Um, but it is a phenomenal place that has some great beer. So I started off with a Blazer haze, uh, Hazers uh, by Other Half. Uh, again, smooth, juicy, just a really, really nice beer. Uh, ended up meeting a the guy there. We had a nice conversation. I believe his name was Tim. I think he's following me on Untapped. Uh, so, Tim, if you are listening, hello. Uh, he was actually in town meeting up with friends uh, they were going out, and we started talking about different beers and stuff. But um, Blazer Hazers, uh, phenomenal beer uh, from Other Half. Other Half is really putting out some great stuff. If you like it smooth and juicy, that's definitely a beer for you. Um, then I had this banana chocolate chip pancake silhouette by Hudson Valley Brewery. Um, this was unbelievable. In fact, I rated it very high on Untapped, and I normally don't get into the fours on Untapped with beers unless they really make an impact on me unless they really knock my socks off. It's a sour IPA. I thought I was, I thought it was going to taste weird. I thought I was going to hate it. Um, I loved it. The banana and the chocolate, they're so subtle that it blended perfectly with the beer. You got the sourness. You got a little of the bitterness from the hop, but not too much bitter, not, not where it was overly uh, present. And then the banana and the chocolate chip kind of blended in in the background. It's kind of just, you know, you got the taste of it, but it wasn't overpowering. What an awesome beer. Uh, not a high ABV, like 5%, somewhere around there, but just a delicious, delicious beer. Definitely, this is a, the, the, the bartender was telling me, more of a brunch type of beer. Absolutely right. This is a Sunday beer. You're having, you're waiting for the eggs and the bacon to come out. Maybe you're going to have a little sandwich or something, um, you know, maybe a Monte Cristo or something. This is the beer to have. It was just perfect. It really was a perfect beer. I was very shocked because when I smelled it, all the flavors were wrong. Totally wrong. I was proven wrong. I'm glad I was. Uh, then I had a laser snake from uh, Three Floyds Brewing. Uh, great hop, nice bite, delicious, really good. Uh, certainly not juicy by any stretch of the imagination. Very nice. Uh, a derivative citra by Pro- a Proclamation Ale. This was an easy-drinking uh, American pale ale. Uh, a little juicy, the bitterness very present, uh, but really, really nice. Another great beer from a great brewery. Uh, and then finished off with an Omega by... Um, uh, bro- uh, uh, brewery Alvine, um, sour, apple, simple, delicious. I mean, really, really a nice European beer. Just just perfect. It gave the right sour note with that, that 
apple taste in in the background there um, uh, really, really uh, complimented it well. My, it sort of tasted like a green apple. If a green apple was a beer, think of it that way. And and maybe you'll try it. Uh, as we continue on here in the final segment of the uh, Algatulo Craft Beer Cast for 2018, Suds and Duds, uh, Hallertower uh, by Hopfen Cuvée. This is uh, by Schloss Brauerei uh, Hergensdorf. These are these German beers that uh, Arthur Idala gave me. Another solid German beer, good flavor. Uh, had it in a big glass, uh, really went down well. Again, these are all 16-ounce beers. Didn't drink all of them through the 16-ounce. Some I had a few sips and then poured the rest of it out. It's just, it's a lot of beer. And to get through, you know, I, I think I'm only on day seven or day eight on this thing. I've really got to catch up. And I've got some time off. So, uh, or actually, another couple of days and then I'm back to work. Uh, St. Bonaf- uh, Bonafides by a private brewery, uh, H. Egger. Uh, an okay Hell's, nothing special. Um, I like a good Hell's beer. It was just okay. I uh, had the uh, Stomping Ground by Five Burrows. This is a collaboration between Five Burrows and Twin Elephant. This is what I picked up at the Juicy Brews event uh, that was a couple of weeks back that was uh, held by um, Hop Culture. Juicy, hoppy goodness. Uh, I love the fact that Five Burrows and Twin Elephant got together and did a collaboration. Unfortunately, it's not available in New Jersey. You've got to come to Brooklyn uh, in order to get it at Five Burrows. But I had a little taste of it at the event, and I said, you know what? I'm picking up a four-pack to take home. That was fantastic. The good folks from Stone uh, sent me their Enjoy by uh, January 1st, uh, 2019, Brute IPA. So I figured, let me get that in there before January 1st. Piney with a nice dry finish, smooth. Again, uh, the Brute IPA seems to be the big uh, seller right now over the last uh, couple of months. A lot of guys, a lot of people putting out uh, Brute IPAs. Think of it as a champagne, but with a little bit of that, um, with the bubbly in it, with a little bit of that bitter bite. That's that's how I uh, would kind of describe this one. Really nice, but it had that nice pine flavor. Again, a dry finish. Killsborough Brewing. I've been talking about these guys. In fact, Killsborough made my top ten list uh, of beers that I had in 2018. Uh, they just came out with a new one, Humble Brag. Uh, they are making some fantastic beers. This one is no exception. Juicy with some dryness on the back end, uh, you know, a little bit of rye in there. Really, really good. Uh, Sean Torres and the folks at Killsboro doing a great job, and uh, it was great to chat with Sean when I went over to pick up uh, a four-pack of uh, this beer over at Killsboro a couple of weeks ago. So uh, nice chatting with you, Sean, and we will uh, definitely uh, hook up in the new year, hopefully for a drink. Uh, my friends at Coronado Brewing, they sent me their um, – Tube City, which is the final uh, uh, beer in their art series, an excellent double IPA. Hop flavor is delicious. It really does make you feel like you are on the beach. So uh, thank you guys uh, at Coronado for that. And then finally, uh, I had uh, from Maine Beer Company, Fall, uh, their uh, coffee stout. Uh, Low ABV on this one. It's not a big banger, but so good. Rich, roasty, delicious. Really the perfect beer uh, for a, a cold winter's night. And folks... We are out of time. Uh, my thanks to Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Darren Yellen, uh, my good friend, the great Buddy Watson, and to all of you, the listeners. Thanks for listening to the show this year. Very much appreciate it. Uh, all the guests that we've had on the program. So much fun that we've had. Uh, Want to do some new things with the show coming up in 2019. We'll see what happens. Uh, the show is definitely going to continue for as long as they want me to continue it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have fun doing this. It's a lot of fun to be able to uh, talk for an hour a week about something that's very near and dear to my heart, craft beer, but not only that, uh, small business, which I think is, as I've said millions of times before, the lifeblood of this great country of ours, the United States of America. I will be back on Wednesday on the Joe Piscopo Show. Have a happy new year. Stay safe. Don't drink and drive. Take an Uber, take a Lyft, take a cab. Be smart about it. This is the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody.